You've now entered the lap of luxury. Prepare your soul for a lavish journey into enlightenment. All right, welcome everyone. Um, we got uh, Walken here, a uh, lap luxury staple. Um, Welcome. So, to start off with, um, I think we, I don't know if I touched this on the last uh, War Stories podcast, but uh, IFS, or I guess IFT nowadays, I just feel like I completely blacked out for the entire portion of that uh, uh, training. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like you I don't. that a little bit. Yeah, I think I, I feel like I don't remember any of it, especially like us like flying. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, dude, I imagine being the instructor pilot with a fucking brand new guy. Uh, and, like, you have to, like, teach him everything. And, I mean, and they, they have stories, too, of people going, like, fucking crazy. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, almost killing them. And they had to, like, they, like, freeze up. Like, the student freezes up. So they had to, like, punch the student or something to, like, get him to, like, go or something. Yeah, I heard I heard a couple stories like that. <laughs> Like they're just fucking yanking and banking on the airplane because they, <laughs> they just got that whiskey. Yeah, you can't like they they got like the fear going, so they're just flailing, but they're not letting go of the stick. Yeah, yeah. and I, I wish uh, Shark had more for us with like how how much easier it is now. But man, it's it just kind of crazy. The you know, <laughs> I suppose back in the day the uh, initial flight screening where they like were really kicking people out and stuff like that. Um, just the condensed timeline of being able to like, I mean, some people had like zero hours before they um, got to IFS and then they had to learn how to land, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of people like that. I think the majority of the people who went there had zero hours. Uh, and yet the, I guess the cream rises to the top. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say I'm not the cream. I definitely went to an 88 on that one. <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know, 88 is like, uh, it's kind of like a progress check. It's basically you sucked enough that they're like, okay, we got to see if we're going to keep this guy around. (laughs) But I crushed it though. Uh, I came (laughs) back and, uh, I did crush it. Oh man, I do. So you, I know you said uh, you black, you kind of blacked out, but as soon as you started talking about it, I could, it just like the memory started coming back. And (laughs) I tell you what, man. When I'm in training, I really do not like flying. Like I can't. Like oh, it's like it's such a pain. Like you remember the days when, like it'd be like pretty. Like at least in, I don't remember in T6s, it'd be pretty shitty weather out, and you'd be like, thank God, I just can't fucking fly today because <laughs> I do not want to do this. Like it's just super stressful. Then like if you have like a good day and you can kind of relax for a second, you're like, yeah, this is a good time. Those- but. Uh, those weather days were the most stressful days, though, because you're like, am I going to fly or not? And you had to flex to uh, alternate or, you yeah. know, like those were the worst days because you're like, I don't know if I'm going or not or which yeah. route I'm even going to fly. <laughs> or yeah. God forbid you even uh, like they're going to start asking you like, well, because with the weather it brings, it brings up a whole nother can of wax, you know, like what are the requirements for alternates? How long do you need us? How much gas do we need? Can you actually go there? Where can we go? Do we, does it, does the IP want to even go there? Did they eat lunch there yesterday? Like what, like, what are we doing now? Yeah. Yeah. I still and, don't know those things. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is like of how much we're supposed to know, how much do we really know? You know, I think we touched on that in a previous podcast of like, it's like, we can't know everything. So you got to hope that you have the air sense and like people around you are able to like put it together as well. I mean, that's why 
I mean, as we say, like, unless you're meets in the seat, it's tough to like judge people on when they make mistakes and stuff like that, because it's, I mean, it's true. It's like, if you're in the same mistake, you would think that you would be like, oh yeah, it's this obviously, you know, but you know, it's a whole different story uh, when it's happening in real time. I just remember uh, being in IFT and uh, like it was starting to get to the end of the training. Like we were about to graduate and just sitting in that bamboo trainer. So the bamboo trainer, (laughs) it's it's like a fake cockpit with a bunch of knobs and buttons that don't really do anything. They're just for you to practice muscle memory and just having no clue. Like I had a knee board and it just had like a bunch of stuff written on it. Like, you know, at this point you're supposed to say this at this point you're saying, I just had no clue. And I remember, um, <laughs> like being out, like we're in the middle of the desert and I don't know if I got any better at nabbing or if it was just kind of shitty out there, but we'd be like, for instance, we were in Pensacola, you're flying over land. So you could have like, you know, interstates and stadiums and, um, stuff like that, that, that can be your markers. But when we were out in Pueblo, there is, it's just literally just like a desert and <laughs> it'd be like a one little hill with like a brown spot on it. That was your turn point. And you're like, <laughs> Wasn't there but, like a, one of the turn points to like find your way back to the airfield was like the tree. There's yeah. Like, yeah. There's a tree in someone's yard or something like that. And you're wasn't like, there's that, a thousand uh, trees in these yards. Wasn't yeah. that like sodium or something like that? I feel like I remember. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, yeah. And, the, and, and of course the instructor's like, what are you looking for? And it's, I'm like, a tree? And he's like, hey, can you see it? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm looking where it usually is, but I can't find it. You know? He's like, yeah. it's right fucking there. Are you retarded? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I'm glad you're fine. I've been trying to tell you that for the last two days. <laughs> uh, so speaking of weather real quick, I I remember one time we had like a note. I forgot what it was, but or the exact details of it, but there was something with like the mudslide or something like that, or like what? some of like the dust or something like um, getting on the runway or something like that. Okay. And like, I, I guess it was just like getting onto it and it'll either be difficult to um, take off or it was going to make it like completely unusable. But I remember just sitting there like, I don't even, I don't, like I was making my form 200 or whatever the equivalent was like the nav log. And I just remember thinking like, what the fuck am I getting myself into here? You know, what I mean? there's like, there's a mudslide <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> we got a mudslide on the runway. Is that even possible? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what it was. It was just like somehow, maybe somebody had like a spill or something. I don't know what it was, but, uh, and then of, of course it's like when the, those weather days, like you were saying, like, you know, you're trying to figure out like, Oh, I'm going here. I'm going here. And then this guy comes in and he's like, okay, you guys are going there. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And then before you know it, your instructor probably comes in. And he's like, dude, we're supposed to brief five minutes ago. Let's go. We're going to the step desk. Let's, uh, let's take off now. It's like, Oh my God. <laughs> you know? And in hindsight, you look back and you're like, really like the people who are teaching you, sure. They might've had some military experience with the majority of them being civilians. They're just regular old, you know, commercial flight instructors. So like they're they're forced to uphold probably a little bit tighter standard. I'm sure the Air Force is like, hey, we're hiring you. We want you to be a little bit more strict. But like like when I started flying um, on my own out here, uh, like I just realized how lax civilian aviation is. It's it's so nice. Um, that being said, I can definitely see a bunch of yahoos getting out there and have no essay, <laughs> just fucking it all away. 
Yeah. Um, so a couple funny stories from IFS that I have. I remember, you remember how you like you had to go to the step desk and then you would walk out to the um, where all the I was about to say jets, but the uh, the DA twenties were, <laughs> um, and you had to like use that. You had to get past that gate, like to use the key code or something like that. I remember I went, I got out there and like with my uh, IP and um, I was like sitting down and my, my sitting height wasn't like good enough or something like that. And at some point I'm just like, ah, I think I got to fix this. And he's like, okay, well you got to go back inside and grab like a couple cushions or something like that. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. So I go out, I like go back, go to the step desk, grab some cushions. And then I get to the gate and I don't know how to get back in. <laughs> so, so there I, and the, my IP, like for me struggling for like 20 minutes or something like that, he's just watching me the entire time. Like, oh, I don't know, offering like no 50, advice. Yeah. It's like 50 feet away from me, but on the other side, and I'm just like struggling over here with like two cushions in my hand. And again, I mean, I guess I had a lot of these moments. I'm just like, where the, what the fuck am I doing? You know, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what the hell is happening. How did I get to this spot, you know? And the instructor's like, you got to push, push the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Finally get out there. And he's like, it's a pull door, right? You, you needed to pull it. And you're like, you're telling me the wrong thing the whole time. <laughs> he's like, push, push. And you're like, it says pull. He's like, no, push it, push it. And he just, <laughs> oh man, that shit's priceless. I can't just, imagine. Almost... <laughs> Go ahead. I, I just can't imagine how much. Uh, I mean, walking. I guess you could speak to this, but how much fun it is, or it's gonna be to uh, be on the other side, like be the instructor and just talk shit about the students on a Friday, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not at that stage yet, but uh, I'll update you guys when I start flying with students. I feel like yeah. I'd be the worst instructor because I'm such a Santa Claus. Like I, I just want everybody to do well. I'm like, I want you to have the have a good experience because my experience was not that great. And then I end up like, I may let I don't know. I feel like I'll let people slide on a lot of stuff as long as it wasn't too big of picture stuff. Well, hearing from a lot of the other guys that have been here for a while, they pretty much have grade sheets saved for each like each uh, flight oh segment. God. So like the first flight or the first yeah the first. Uh, graded flight of a students mm-hmm. they have just a saved grade sheet that they just basically put the the student's name in and submit it because everyone makes the same mistakes on each flight <laughs> and so they're like you know they're 4201 they have it saved and they just replace the name yeah they can probably they can they design the those sims or flights to basically cause you to run into this one issue and everybody runs into it yeah <laughs> That was like the, uh, remember the, what was it, T25 or whatever in Pensacola, the simulator? Like yeah. in, the, in, the little, in the little closet of, uh, uh, <laughs> oh my God, all, this, all the stories are coming back to me now. But uh, of how you like, you, there was one situation where they, they wanted you to like take off and you didn't realize like the terrain was right ahead and you had to like replan the sortie and then you like end up like simulating uh, running into a mountain or something like that. Yeah, I, I, that oh, yeah. sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, that was funny. Did you run into the mountain? Yeah, uh, <laughs> because they like, I think you were at like the whole short line, which by the way, the whole, 
the whole situation where they made you like you had to like press all the buttons and then you had to press the right button to make sure that the script continued and all that type of stuff was by itself like so annoying but then you got to like the whole shoreline and you're about to take off but they're like uh hey you're actually going to this area instead of this area so but like you had to take off for some reason i think like weather was rolling in or something like that so you like took off and kind of leveled out and then you like immediately obviously naturally want to start replanning and then before you knew it you like i think on the oh maybe on the climb out you like hit a mountain or something like that because you you didn't have enough gradient for it or something but it yeah. was kind of just teaching you i think the uh aviate navigate communicate type type thing yeah I can't remember. I don't think I hit the mountain, but I'm trying to remember if it was because I uh, like somebody tipped me off or we talked about it or something. I, I can't remember. I'm sure it's probably because somebody helped me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I got good. a heads up on that one. I remember. <laughs> and isn't it funny when you get a heads up, you're like, you're not supposed to know, but somehow you, you, you know, so you want to like play it off like, all right, guys, uh, we got to replan here, but I think we're going to aviate, navigate, and communicate. And, oh, looks like there's a mountain ahead of us. Uh, let's go. Let's climb higher. That would be a decision that I would not want to make. Uh, I guess I'll yeah. <laughs> I will analyze this situation and make the proper action. Right. Uh, I just remember it because – I like when I get uh, stressed out, I sweat a lot, or I start I start sweating, and I <laughs> get really hot. And uh, dude, <laughs> so remember we had like before you go into the uh, the sim, you'd have like the brief, like those really tiny briefing rooms, and you'd go in there, and that's when you do your brief. And like there's there's one brief where I was for whatever reason I was super nervous, and I couldn't for I don't know why, but I couldn't stop sweating. And like I, I had just started shaving my head at the time too, so like I got sweat like pouring down my head, like dripping in my face. It's like that, like you seen that Key and Peele uh, <laughs> meme where he's got like water dripping out. Like it was legit like that. Uh, no bullshit. And I was like, I remember the I, I got marked down. My instructor was like, "You <laughs> great." She was like, "Student was sweating too much. He was really nervous." <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> That's really funny. But, uh, like the reason I brought it up because like I'd go into like I'd go into the um, to the sim and like it would be like, it was a decent temperature, but like I said, I, I put off a lot of heat. And like like the next the person who would come in after me always without fail and be like, dude, I could tell you're in there because those those headphones <laughs> were like a million degrees, and then the room was just like really like really hot. Uh, compared to every, cause it was pretty cool in there cause they had so many computers Yeah, and I, like, Man, I don't know what to tell you. I just, I, I had a helmet fire. I was, I was hot, dude. <laughs> yeah. The same uh... thing happens to me now. Like when I get into the sim, even though like, I get in the JTAC sim and like, I take, like, I take off my top and I just put my, I, I'm just like wearing just body armor in there and I get <laughs> like, dude, why are you sweating so much? I'm like, I don't know, man. I can't help it. I think we could have an entire podcast just on the dynamics of being in that closet uh, with the the T25 and like um, <laughs> how like you know you were talking to people but they weren't like you were like talking to people just for like your grade sheet and like because you were supposed to make that call or something like that or even like when you were trying to talk to your instructor it was just like you were talking to somebody but they obviously like weren't in front of you so you were just like hello you know like yeah you're like hey I need uh, I need some help looks like it crashed and then like five minutes go by and you're like. Hello, is is anybody out there? <laughs> they're like really in, in all reality. They're just like fucking off, like they're yeah, having exactly. conversations, eating their lunch. I remember uh, one guy. Uh, he was kind of a uh, 
clown instructor, like just a jokester, but he would, uh, he would like when he, when he would mess up, like, cause he would have, you know, they would have to set up the profile. Like they would have to put these threats here or whatever else. He's like, Oh, why is it not working? Oh, I can't. Oh, I guess I didn't put that up. I guess I'm a dumb motherfucker. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> my ass off in the closet there. But, uh, I remember, like, remember we had to do all those like threat maneuvering and all that type of stuff. Uh, I remember the guy next to me would, he was like a minute ahead or so, and he would like yell really loud. So I would just hear him. <laughs> <laughs> so he would be like, you know, he would call after I'd be like, all right, break it left. And then I would be like, okay, cool. So this thing's about to come up. And then I would, I would say it like in a calm, collected voice kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> pretty funny. That's funny. Do you got a uh, hey walking? Do you got any uh, any crazy stories from then or like in the buff? I know last time we talked a little bit about some of our uh, wild stories or I guess just odd things that happened in the buff. But you got anything? Well, something I was going to share. We were going to have a roll call last week, um, and then events happened where we couldn't have it anymore. But <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Um, but I was going to tell a story from, so I was just going through my instructor upgrade and, uh, they do like, like how CFIC was where they pretend to be students and then they, but they act like they're retards, like complete idiots. Yeah, that's just... And like, we'll just like start eating a sandwich in the middle of a bomb run or some bullshit like that. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Students are not going to just do that. Start doing their master's homework or something like that. <laughs> but uh, my instructor started acting like he was getting airsick. Like right when we're on the bomb run and we have these pacing calls on the bomb run. So like 16 miles out, you got to let the front seaters know that there's no more threat maneuvering, even if you get a pop up threat or something. Um, and he forgot to because he was like, you know, acting like he was. He couldn't focus and he was sweating. He like unzipped his flight suit all the way and started like basically sucking on the window or something. I don't know. <laughs> what? And I was like, yeah. I was like, are you okay? And I was like, he, he just wouldn't respond to me. And the way I was going to tell the story was like, so my instructor was over there pretending that he was getting airsick. Meanwhile, I was getting actually getting airsick behind him because he can't see me. And, like, I'm over there, like, huffing into a paper bag, like, are you okay? You you could get through this. You could do it. And I'm over there, like, almost throwing up myself because I'm not used to flying uh, facing forward in the T1. I'm used to the B-52. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that thing, even though it doesn't really pull many Gs, just because it's a smaller aircraft, it really, like, and the turbulence and stuff, it's something that you got to get used to again. Yeah. How often are you guys going to be flying? Like uh, a few times a week? Yeah, I'm scheduled uh, three times next week, and we're just, that's just Monday and Tuesday is out so far. Oh, wow. Jeez. But I mean, they're only hour and a half sorties, so. Yeah, that's true. That would be. This, and, yeah, I guess man, I forgot that they're that long. Oh, man, I, I forgot that it doesn't have a pisser. Yeah. Well, oh, it does, but. Yeah, but you fail if you use it you or something, but it. the instructors can use it or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Do they still have uh, jungle rules there? Yeah. Yeah. 
Jungle where, rules? I don't remember that. What's that? Is when you're on the bomb run, uh, and if like the front seater guy can see the target and he's not lined up on it, he just calls like hard right or easy right instead uh, of having to do like the you know like find a an offset and fly to the yeah. offset and then go back. You could just be like hard right level out. Dude, that shit was like. I mean, I you know it was good. I mean, you could say it either way. Like, it was good to teach us, like, the fundamentals of, like, basically having no equipment and being able to, like, you know, use the offsets and do all those, like, 61 rules and all that type of stuff. But it's, like, imagine trying to do that now, let alone when you're, like, we did it when we were in Pensacola, like, back then when we barely knew anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of... It's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of I was of trying a, to remember uh, that the other day, the 60 to 1 rule. And, like, yeah, because what was it? It was, like, you turn off for, like, 30 seconds uh, for, I can't remember how many. Was it 15 or 30, 30 degrees? I can't remember. But you hold that, and then it'll it'll take you, like, a mile off course or something. Yeah. What was it? Do you remember walking? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't I don't fly in the front, so we don't. We don't uh, <laughs> you don't worry about it. No. Are you? I thought you said you were gonna be. You're not instructing in the front or anything like that, even. No, just in the back. Oh really? Oh okay. They don't. They don't really do dual qual much anymore, just because there's so many qual. Like, they've completely changed the syllabus from when we went through. Now it's yeah. all like, you track. So. You even you start in the T25. Like your first week, you have a T25 sim ER. Hmm. Uh, oh. Do you guys remember ER? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do take, I remember like, that fixes, shit? Man. Like yeah. a fix every, you know, fifteen minutes or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they sh- still showing up at like five a.m. for those or yeah. whatever? Oh my god. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> you basically do like three different uh, kinds of T25 sims. So you do like ER. A thing called CN and then some other I forget. But basically they go through the different like missions that you can end up doing as a CISO after you graduate. So that you kind of get a flavor of like what what you would want to do. Uh, that's, you that's go, smart. Yeah. But they're they're you literally get like two two sims in each uh like category. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really get a lot of like you don't get to understand what you're actually doing yeah yeah um, the good thing about them is that you don't you're not getting graded on them it's just a pass fail oh okay um and then so you have like six sims and then you start doing your uh t6 academics and then t6 flights and then the first like track night is like after your fifth flight in the in the t6 you either go edub or you go other and if you get tracked as an E-dub, then you're you're done flying the T6. And then you start uh, doing T25s and training for the T1. Oh, and shit. So you could be like, can you still be like a buff E-dub or a B1 E-dub? Um, so the E-dub goes to uh, either EC-130s, buffs, or RC-135s. Damn. Wow, dude, that's crazy that they, they actually, like, made those, like, really distinct <clears throat> moves. Um, yeah. Is it, so do you choose what you want to be, and then they kind of, like, make it even or something like that? Or do they look at your grades? I mean, I guess they can't they really look too much. They look at how much. good you fly, yeah. It's, I mean, it's pretty much the same as 
how you would drop. But wow. uh, so then the guys who get the other like there are not E dubs, they fly another like five rides or something like that, and then they have another track select. And then that's when you go to either SO, which is like sensor operator, or Wizzo, or just plain nav. Oh, hmm. sensor operator. Yeah. Would that be for like I guess U twenty eight or something? Yeah, U twenty eight and uh I don't know I don't know what else those those go to, but it's kind of like the spec op path. Gotcha. Oh, gotcha, okay. okay that wow. makes sense, yeah. Um <clears throat> and so I was talking with our commander, who's a B-52 guy, and I was like, well, that's kind of cool, like, the way that they're tracking now. Because if you track Wizzo, your, like, uh, flight options are the buff, the bone, or the F-15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I'm like, sense. oh, the guys who want to go for the F-15, <clears throat> you know, if there's no F-15 available for their drop, you know, the buff guys might start and get, you know, stronger graduates or whatever you know yeah going right. to the b52 because they're they're the guys who wanted the f15 originally um and the commander's like yeah that's what i thought originally but what we're seeing now is that the the stronger uh lieutenants are choosing the so path because they yeah. don't have the opportunity to possibly go to the b52 what <laughs> yeah Oh man, I was gonna. They're like was, their fear of getting a B fifty two outweighs the like joy of getting a fighter. <laughs> well, first of all, F fifteen sucks. Second of all, uh, <laughs> I, I, I I'm not surprised a lot of people want to go SO in this case because I know a lot of people wanted spec ops, especially like early on. Yeah. Um, but dude, I thought I thought people would be more interested in the buff after our recent, you know, combat deployment, I suppose. And like realizing we're kind of, you know, modernize, modernizing a little bit, I guess. Is it like my not that's putting people off maybe? I don't know. I just I think, think just I mean, the B-52 ever since, I mean, even all the old instructors who were like the civilian instructors who are like crotchety old men <laughs> have, they're like, dude, it was the same way even back in the, you know, set, 70s and 80s when they were going through training as like if yeah. you get b52 like no one wants to be 52 for some reason <laughs> yeah i'm sure I the b52 was the hot shit back in the you know <laughs> like back in 50s. 1960s yeah, <laughs> yeah when it like first came up i'm like oh shit but still even so it was odd um i was reading robin old's book and he kind of talked like to be honest uh I don't think really much has changed. And he came up in World War II, you know, um, and he was saying like at one point, like he was in pilot training and he had an instructor who didn't like him. And he was like, hey, like even though he was flying really well, he was like, I'm not going to let you go to fighters. And he put him in bombers. So he went through bomber training for a little bit. And uh, I think he was like, fine, like, don't quote me on this, but B-25s. And uh, like he had an instructor who like, in the B-25, and he was like, man, you're honestly probably too good for this, so I'm going to see if I can work some ways. And next thing you know, he was flying uh, P-38s instead. Um, but he was basically saying, like, <clears throat> it's kind of always been where people just didn't, like, even if it's a cool mission, people just don't want to fly something big and heavy. They want to fly something fast and maneuverable. It's like, it's like say, giving somebody who wants to, you know, have a sports car, or you can give them, somebody can give you a, uh, 
a minivan. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> it's just unfortunate, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah, it's just not sexy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. And I, I mean, part of it too, I think, I don't know if they're thinking this far ahead or this uh, clear is like the <clears throat> glass the glass cockpit, you know? But it's like as Doc kind of put it uh, with like, people don't realize like you when you think about like the B-52 or the F-15, you think about like how you see it from the outside, but you don't think about it from the inside and like the mission sets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think if... if like, Walken, do you guys give them, like, capes briefs or anything like that with the platforms, like, ahead of time? Yeah. Um, well, they have, like, those uh, career days where they fly in the jets uh, from all the different, you know, bases, and then they do capes briefs and stuff like that. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, I remember those, yeah. Because I feel like they gave that to us pretty later on, just like, like you said, like, when the air show happened. And yeah. I didn't know. They do those, like, uh... It's like once every three months or something like that now. That's good. People can get a chance to see, like, as they're kind of moving forward, what they like or what they don't like about it. And hopefully yeah. the people like that, because if I remember correctly, a lot of times they just get, like, they call up a lot of the FTUs and, like, hey, will you send somebody down or the follow-on training units? And it's, like, just some some other young lieutenant who's in the, just probably recently passed Pensacola or um, whatever their training unit is. So, yeah, and it's really like, and really like critical that the person briefing it, kind of like you're saying, like actually knows their shit and is actually like explaining the real pros and cons. Like people would talk about the buff, but they would never talk about like, hey, you're gonna have like long training missions, and it's not like the T1 or maybe F15 or something where you do like an hour and a half or something. You might be up there for like six to eight hours is like a typical local sortie you know it's like yeah you know no one ever really talks to you about like the endurance aspect of it kind of thing yeah and it's hard i i can imagine it's hard to want to give people i guess the real politique of your aircraft because yeah like everybody wants to talk about all the good things about it and no one wants to talk about the bad things but you know it, right. it really is important to let people know what they're getting into. I don't think the B-52 has, like, I think the the cons are out there pretty easily. Everybody, or the imagined cons are out there. Um, it's, for us, it's more so just getting the uh, the good word out. But a lot of people probably don't talk about, you know, the bad part of the, the B-1 or the bad part of the AC-130 or, you know, all these other sexy airplanes. But um, because people don't really know what they don't know. Um, it's funny what, what Doc has been doing. He's not even that big of a, like a show off. I wouldn't say Doc is a show off, uh-huh. but, uh, what he's been telling a lot of his students is like that want the F-15 is he's like, go ahead and ask any of the F-15 guys who are here. Cause there's, there's a lot of instructors who are from the F-15 right now. Oh really? Yeah. And he's like, go ahead and talk to any of them and ask them how many combat hours they have. I guarantee you I'll have more than them. <laughs> and I have dropped more weapons and I killed more enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, he, he like none of the that. instructors who are here have any combat hours, like never deployed. Really? Yeah. How is that possible? I don't know. That's very odd to me. That is really weird. I mean, <laughs> you could probably like, and I'd say that's, that's going to really honestly go for the whole, um, because, Man, the only combat, like, I guess the only kinetic platforms you got there are, you know, AC-130s, B-1, B-52, and Strike Eagles, yeah? 
Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> and you got to think B1s have been down for a while. Um, obviously, <laughs> AC, AC-130s, they're slaying left and right, but that's neither here nor there. They'll probably act like they can't tell you nothing, you know, cool guys. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, and then Strike Eagle guys, those guys have been pretty active, but I, I imagine the guys who are active are like, hell, I want to stay, I want to keep flying and doing fun stuff, you know, instead of, not necessarily uh, stopping, I guess. Not to say Pens- uh, Pensacola would be fun, but um, probably like it's more for kind of like a family assignment. I feel like I don't know. I don't know if they, um, if the F fifteen guys deploy like how the bombers do as a whole squadron, or they oh, just really? like send out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they do or not. Hmm. But yeah, actually, I think you might have something there. I think you. I think they might just send a few crews or something like that. I don't know. That's yeah. an interesting point, though. Like, I, I know did, I, AMC right. doesn't do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? They just send a few people at a time? They just, yeah, they just, like, randomly send jets out with crews. Hmm. Yeah, my friend in the KC-135 said they're, uh, they're trying to look at, like, making it uh, kind of more, like, squadrons deploy but yeah they just they just send crews from wherever because they have so many options you know so it's like it's better for their community because you could you know if it's if you don't want to go but it would be your squadron's time to go you know you don't have to but then if it if you want to go now versus later you can you know like raise your hand for it yeah i guess now i think of it uh one of my good friends um i don't know if you know him port i know walking knows him uh his call sign is thud if you know who that is but um he, I'm trying to think, he, he was a class ahead of me, um, Strike Eagle guy, and he just went to UPT. Um, anyways, he, like, he, he never saw combat the whole, his whole time there, and I was like, man, he was in the Strike Eagle for, I think, three years? So I was like, man, that is pretty wild when you think <laughs> about it. Yeah, is that, is walking, was that the guy you lived with? No. Oh, okay. No, this is a uh, uh, a little bit cooler. I, I know. You're about. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I man, it's it's crazy I, just I don't seeing know if like it's because they have so many, like they have more squadrons than the B fifty twos do, and so it's like, where do they? I know they're they in Seymour Johnson. Is that one? To, I don't know. Is that the only place they're at, Seymour Johnson? No, they got Mountain Home, which would be a sick place to be. I think. Oh, that's right, and they have uh, don't they have Lake and Heath or some or something in yeah. England? Yeah. yeah. So that's three bases. Um, I think probably two squadrons, two I guess operational squadrons apiece, and then a couple reserves in there. And I don't know if it's necessarily quote easier for them, but they you know obviously you don't need two people to fly a F-15E versus a B-52 you know so their yeah. crew I guess their crew ratio is a little bit better with in terms of that. Probably yeah yeah I, I mean it's all speculation you know but yeah because maybe not as many people get sent there but you don't need as many people. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead you got the stories. Yeah, real quick, going back to <laughs> IFS, I there's a few uh, stories that I failed, and uh, I'll explain why. <laughs> so uh, I remember one time on like the departure, I, it was you know I think you were supposed to, because on the departure you either had to go like north or south or something like that I think, um, or like you had to take like one of two paths, 
So I was doing the takeoff, did fine. And then I was like, shit, I forgot which way I'm supposed to go. Like basically left or right. And I went like left. And then the instructor immediately took the, you know, plane from me and like pulled right. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're going this way. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, I just, I feel like even early on in Pensacola, like IFS through like early on in Pensacola, I didn't really understand the whole <clears throat> like grade sheet thing or like what was really happening. Like I didn't understand yeah. just, like <laughs> fail, fail, like kind of right on the spot, but like, you know, they wouldn't just like take it back and land or something like, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess it was kind of more like, I thought it was like subjective, like, oh, I think you're doing okay. You're progressing versus like, oh, he got a one on this and a two on this, you know what I mean? But, uh, but that, that made me fail like right off the bat. And I, <clears throat> I like, I remember when we debriefed, I thought I like, I did good otherwise. So I was like, okay, I think I passed this. And then he, he was like, yeah, so you, uh, you have to redo that one. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then, like, looking back at it, that's, you know, that was probably the reason why. Yeah. And then... I just, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, was just, I just remember you mentioned not understanding grade sheets. I remember just not really comprehending what they were talking about. Like, I know they say, oh, you can get a, you know, a good affair on these ones and you pass. And I just remember, like, not doing really well. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, and now you're, now these bad grades actually count for something. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, I remember I got my final bad grade, like, I got right before I did that, uh, basically, like, basically my check ride. He was like, well, it's a good thing that you got a bad grade on this one because you're going to go to check ride anyways. And I was like, oh, I didn't even realize I failed any of the ones before. <laughs> and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't completely fail, but I didn't get a, a good enough grade. To, I didn't meet the mark. I think I got a fair. I was, like I said, I was terrible. I think IFS was a false sense of security for me because I killed it at IFS, and then y'all know i was in like 12 different classes at Pensacola. <laughs> yeah i mean but again it's one of those things like if you're in a situation where i mean for you i know one of your uh fails was because of somebody else kind of indirectly right like it's yeah. like if you if like any of us were in a similar situation or like even if it wasn't for that other person like i think the same you know the same thing is kind of what happened like i remember i failed one of my t6 check rides the instrument and I guess that that guaranteed me buffs from then on, I suppose. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, I remember it was because, you know, how you like kind of rolled the dice literally for the uh, after your pre-check to figure out what your check ride profile was. Yeah, yeah. I, forgot about I got that. the I got the one that was like kind of, you know, quote the hardest with like it was like the closest one. I mean, obviously, I still could have passed if I did better, but uh, or studied more, I guess. But I I like got that one and that kind of like, you know, that versus if you got like an easier profile, but you didn't know as much, you could have gotten away with it without anybody knowing type of thing, you know? So a lot of it's like luck of the draw, I suppose, in a sense, but. Oh yeah. Or like. And also who you get like yeah. your instructor or your evaluator on your check ride. Cause like it always surprised me how some people would get through and you're like flap, you know, <laughs> like, how the hell is this guy getting through and he doesn't he doesn't know his own name half the time <laughs> yeah i remember uh i on that sortie i didn't put the gear down or didn't call for the gear until the or after the till after the final approach fix and i i think that's a, a reg or something like that so that was kind of like a black and white fail but one of my friends did the same thing but the instructor was like, ah, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of, you're supposed to do it, but we are still safe. And he's like, yeah, you could pass. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of subjective. And I think that's where it comes to, like, 
sometimes you like some people just have um just have a way with people and like this is the one thing i don't like um like so my girlfriend she's a she's a fape or she was a fape um and she would tell me stories about that like some days like some two people do the exact same thing and she's like ah i just didn't really like that student so they're gonna get hooked today <laughs> and like she's oh, fine i'm like I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? Like, like you can't, like people are struggling. You don't remember what it was like for you. And she's like, well, I remember what it was like for me and it sucked. So I'm going to make it suck for them too. I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> but that happens, you know? Yeah. It's tough to, it's tough to fight human nature with that. You know what I mean? Versus yeah. like, just like if the morning go, you're having like a shitty day, then you're harder on the person or something. And then in the afternoon, I don't know, you get some good news in between, like you get a new assignment or something like that. And then you're going to like look over or overlook some of the stuff that they mess up, you know, and obviously yeah. the, it, the student didn't see that coming or has no reason to expect that. But, Oh yeah. I think it is about attitude too, because like if you got a guy who's trying hard and he makes a couple little mistakes versus a guy who just seems like he doesn't give a shit and he makes the same mistakes, Mm-hmm. it's like you're gonna you're gonna feel for the guy who's trying you know and be yeah. like well at least he cares about his job and he's gonna put in some effort where yeah. the other guy it's like i'm just gonna hook him because he doesn't even care anyways yeah right. and uh i think it all comes down to like the skill versus will kind of thing you know um mm. i think they they would always say i had a really good attitude which i think meant that i sucked really badly but um yeah <laughs> <laughs> trying to find the silver lining there. Yeah. Give, give you this shit sandwich yeah. like, well you showed up on time you did the entire <laughs> sortie wrong but you had a good attitude while you're doing it <laughs> so anyway that's a fail for you <laughs> <laughs> it's like so i passed nope you failed oh damn <laughs> uh, um yeah i i remember also at um ifs i Say, I, I always had an issue taxiing. Um, I think I was talking <laughs> with you guys about this uh, offline, but I, I don't know why. I just couldn't figure out, like, the rudder, rudder pedals or anything like that. And I think maybe my boots were too small or too big. I don't know. But I couldn't, like, get a good feel for it. So, again, with the whole, like, blacking out during IFS, I feel like I don't know how I was able to taxi um, on my, like, my check rudder pre-check. Because I remember, like, it was like I was struggling, like – I was like trying, like I was like, you know, ski sloping to the center line and that type of stuff. And then remember, you had to do that, like you would go out of the parking, come back around, like go down the taxiway, and then left to the um, uh, the hammerhead kind of. Yeah. And like you had to like park right next to the guy, uh, like oh the other guy, the other uh, aircraft that are lined up. And I, I remember I struggled with that so much, I was so scared I would like take it so slow because I was scared of like hitting them or something. Yeah. Well, I just just like you were saying, I remember being a uh, like you go you push the power up and like I'm weaving across center line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dear God, just keep me on the runway. And the yeah. instructor, like to give you give those instructors a lot of credit. Like they just kind of let you do it. They they always are in a position to save you, but they'll let you go pretty much as far as you can get <laughs> before they come save you. Yeah. Man, I remember one time we had like a. <clears throat> rain or a cloud or you know not the uh what, it, what is it verga or something like that where it's like right over the approach end 
uh, and it just like pouring down rain. So I think we like kind of came back a little bit late. So we had to like kind of rush in and try to make it in time. And so the <clears throat> IP took it. But I remember he was just fucking deflecting that <clears throat> stick like all over the place trying to, uh, you know, crab in and <clears throat> make the landing work. And I was like, my God, dude, I could never fucking do this. It just <laughs> seemed like so out of my scope to be able to like make that landing happen. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my instructors was a uh, ex-Thunderbird pilot. And oh really? We were, yeah, we were like rushing home because there was like a a sandstorm or something coming in, and and we're going like full throttle, you know, in the <laughs> DA20, so going 98 miles an hour, <laughs> um, to get back home. And he's like, he's like, have you had a a landing before? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna take this one all the way in, and then we're getting a lot of like gusts and stuff. I think it was probably was illegal for us to land at this point, but what else would we have done? Um, and so he's like, whatever you see me do right now, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I know. I, I like, know what? exactly who you're talking about. I was like, what are you talking about? And he, and then he, he like slips it in. And so we're going like 90 degrees off of the runway and he's looking basically he's uh, like got his arm over me like pushing me back like the uh you know soccer mom arm yeah while, while he's looking while he's looking out the side window oh he's flipping it towards you yeah oh my saying. god dude. yeah so we're going like 90 degrees our wing is pointing down the down the runway and i'm going like holy shit this is crazy and then right <laughs> before he right before he lands he lets out the rudder and we and we line up on the center line but I was like, whoa. He's like, yeah, that uh, that wasn't legal. So <laughs> I forget um, why I failed my check ride for IFS, but I was on my 88, I suppose it was. <clears throat> and I had him, and I remember he would like, because I, I think I failed only like, or I guess I failed the most important part, like the actual like low level route or whatever, or um, something to do with it. But I passed everything else. So he was like, Okay, you pass everything else, so I can really be the pilot and just fly it for you, and you could do the whole nav. Because I remember we didn't actually fly the low level, but or you, I guess you didn't have to. But he, uh, as soon as we took off, he, you know, he, he was the yeah. He came from fighters, so he wanted to go like as fa- fast as fucking possible. So just for like the recorder or something, I think he was like, "Hey man, I see some uh, weather back there. Uh, I'm gonna push it up a little bit here." And he's like, "Do you see that too?" And I'm like yeah (laughs) it was like clearing a million or something or like i think there was like one cloud back there i looked back and looked at him and i I could tell he's nodding yeah he's like you say this he's got a gun to your head you motherfucker you better say about that now he's got a knife something like that (laughs) and i'm like yep whatever makes you pass this and uh dude again with like the whole they expect us to do things i don't know if i could even do now with like the low level remember it was like you had to turn at like a fucking, you know, a cow trail or something like that on the ground. Like you had to like yeah. find some like really obscure like uh, country road or something like that. And that was your turn point. That shit was crazy, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there's a, just a lot like thinking about that stuff. There's a lot to uh, really a lot to unpack. Almost like not traumatizing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of uh, like and I talked to pilots, too, who went through uh ifs and a lot of people were just like man that was a terrible time to learn 
<laughs> and it's like it's it's kind of hard to like I, I don't know I feel like when you're learning something and you're able to pick up some joy out of it you're much more likely to want to learn yeah. and also retain knowledge versus just being scared and like there's sure there's something to be said for like being worried you're going to mess something up but when you're so worried that you don't have any control over a situation and like there's no there's nothing fun about what you're doing it's kind of uh it it, it it doesn't really it doesn't hurt or i say it, it hurts more than it helps you know yeah i remember i was chill charlie and in charlie flight and uh we had uh flamingo flight was like our like sister squadron or whatever <clears throat> and one of like the hammers was in that squadron and that's the guy like i would always get <clears throat> and i think one like i had a sortie it went fine or two, and then because I think I had like either a cool guy or a normal guy, and then I had him. And when we got back, he was basically just like, "Dude, you might as well just leave now. I think you're gonna fail this entire thing." And I, I like, oh, what? <laughs> and so I was like, so like distraught. Not to like, I don't know how to say like, I was like so like worried about it. You know, I was like, holy shit, I'm gonna fail. This fucking sucks, and all this type of stuff. I mean. I ended up working out, but I think he was kind of taking the approach of like being harder. Like he was like a hard ass, obviously, so you can learn it type of thing. But um, maybe he was being too tough. But yeah, I just remember like going to the gym and stuff like that and just being like, oh man, I guess this is the last time I'm going to see all this. I think it's this is all over now and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just like, holy shit. I think, I think a, lot of, a lot of this whole training is all like a mind game because like going through now, I had to do a couple of sorties as a student. And I was, it was so simple. <laughs> yeah, I picked it up in one flight and I was like, oh yeah, this is easy. And now, you know, flying with other students, I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's, what's, what's taking you so long to do this? You do, you got to do two things. It's not difficult. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird seeing it from the other side. Cause now that you know how to do it yeah. all, it's like, it's, it's very easy. And, uh, like very undergraduate level you know yeah well you're like you're you have to remember too your situational awareness bubble is huge yeah. compared, like you have global essay compared to them they're like they barely know what's going on you know literally two minutes in front of them um yeah. people are talking on the radio they're not hearing anything the people are like the airplane's acting kind of funny they're like i don't know like they they're just not they don't have what you have and you know like built up over probably what you got probably i bet 1500 1600 hours in the buff uh i think only 12 12 Un under 12 yeah under 12 so uh, you know even still 12 but yeah still hours. over a thousand you know? hours yeah it's crazy yeah and it's kind of like a just a different way of life you know like the whole airmanship stuff you know kind of like learning how to do drone ceremonies or whatever else like being in the military period you know yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, that is a good point. Like, I think it's a lot of it's obviously mental, but just like kind of trying to understand it and like going back to IFS, but you know, any training really, it's the fact that they like push you through without making sure you like understand it a hundred percent at every step. Like remember IFS with the GPS, like I remember <laughs> we had to have like a quorum between all of the uh, students to try to figure out like what we were actually supposed to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> With like making the so you could fly to the waypoints and all this type yeah. of stuff and like see it correctly and like people were like yeah you had to press this button and then this button they're like no I think it was this and this you know 
what's funny is now like as i've been like flying like on the civilian side it's the same gps that i'm like ah and i still don't really know how to use it i know how to go direct like i was like oh i remember how to do this like press two buttons and make it work but um yeah i i i will say this as far as instructing goes and i think you probably you probably have some insight on this too well i guess all three of us uh being that we were or are instructors um it really takes some i i think again emotional intelligence to understand like some people like you can't just be you know like you know um a, a nice nancy to them where you're like hey you know don't worry you'll get it next time some people like need to feel that basically like they're going like if you don't fix this you're going to fail but then other people if you tell them that they're just going to shut down um and i think like it, the time probably that we've had bad instructors is when we got um, feedback that didn't really work for us or they tried to motivate us and it's just that their intentions were good, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> along with that, like, I guess in this case, fortunately, we've all like failed stuff, you know, so we can have that humility and understand it. Whereas mm -hmm. people who don't fail, they like that they're the hard asses, you know, maybe and maybe it's not for like a uh, positive benefit. Um, like, I think you both have stories you've told me before that I always think about where you've like somebody's failed something. And afterwards, you're like, you know, hey, are you doing OK? And they're like, uh, no, I don't I never fail anything. I don't know how this feels. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is like this is not me type of thing, you know, whereas like if I feel it, something I'd be like, all right, put it on the uh, put it on the big list of, <laughs> you know, <stuff. laughs> And I know how to like attack it kind of thing or like understand it, but uh, to other people it could be like debilitating, I suppose. That's like Swift uh, after he graduated from uh, WIC, he was telling me the story of actually it was at it was at Wizent when I went to go support their Wizent. Oh, that was when uh, everybody thought you were gonna go to WIC because you went to Wizent. Yeah. <laughs> the great bamboozler. <laughs> yeah, trick them. Um but he was like, I guess when you failed the flight, you had to go check in with the commander and you got like paperwork that you had to, they wrote up and you had to sign it. Yeah. And Swift was like, it was his first time and he was like freaking out, sweating. And he's like, well, I got to, I got to sign, like, where do I sign? He was like trying to read everything. And at the same time, Ragin was on the same flight that they hooked and Ragin just walks in late. And looks at it, flips the paper over, signs it, and leaves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Swift's but, like, I, I've never done this before. I don't know what to do. And Ragin just like, it's like muscle memory for him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know he did it. Yeah. He's got a big old lip in. He just walks like, oh, what do you want me to do, sir? Okay. All right. See, I got to go study. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's kind of all you need to know about the personality between those two, I suppose. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think what you kind of to reattack what you were just saying, Port, was uh, like you have a lot of people who've never failed. And it's and this kind of goes back to that one mistake, um, I guess, one mistake world, not even just military or branch, but um, one mistake world where people who are running things like they've never experienced like a lot of times they haven't experienced failure. So when they get in a, a situation where things aren't going as planned or it's a little bit too much outside of what they've expected, they don't really know how to react. They can't play on the fly or they just kind of overreact. They're just like, ah, because they don't have that experience. They're like, nah, that's inexcusable all the time. Um, can't really see it. See the forest or the trees, if you will. 
Yeah, it's kind of like how we talked about on the feedback podcast about it's kind of weird. Like, I guess it's like a double-edged sword maybe of like the perfect people become the leaders and um, the the senior leaders and like the uh, commanders and stuff like that. And then they're looking down on all these people who are like imperfect because not everybody's going to be perfect, you know, and they just don't understand it. You know what I mean? Versus like if um, somebody who has failed before – they're, they might not make it to commander because they don't have a perfect record, but they would be more empathetic, you know? So that, that's kind of a weird, uh, weird thing to like kind of navigate through to who do you make commanders, like the perfect people or the people who kind of are still good, but they possibly have had a misstep or two, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's quite the, uh, yeah, quite the thing to navigate because, even like I know we, I think the reason like we kind of favor people who aren't perfect is because I think a lot of times we haven't been perfect. But there's something to be said for somebody's perfect. Maybe somebody's perfect because they're just that damn good, you know. So you might want to have somebody uh, up there like that. But I don't know. I think it, I, I really think he's as somebody as people who are picking who's going to be filling those roles. You need to have good balance and understand what maybe a certain unit or a certain company needs at a time, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I got a I got a letter from an old commander, um, like a letter of recommendation from after my my namesake uh, <laughs> error. Um, and he's like, like, uh, he, in the email that he sent, just like a personal email to me, he was like, dude, I know a lot of people who went through the same thing, and it's actually a good thing. Like later in your career, when you're uh, like a commander. And people are looking up to you, and they have some kind of mistake like that in their career. Um, it's you're very relatable now, you know. Whereas a yeah. lot of commanders who are the, they've never had any kind of uh, disciplinary action or anything like that. They they can't relate to anyone else who's who's made a mistake, mm-hmm. and so they're like typically more strict on that. Like, why would you even think of doing that? Like, I don't know. They just yeah. can't relate to anyone who's made a mistake or, or an error. So they're, I don't know. Yeah, that's like when when I uh, got my Q2, uh, they were like, hey, it's just going to make you better. Like a better instructor because now you know to watch out for that type of thing. You know what I mean? So that that is definitely a, a true thing and also a good way to look at it. Well, uh, any other stories, I guess? Um, maybe, maybe I should throw this one in here. So again, IFS, uh, I think all the stories are coming back here. So <laughs> I remember, I remember one time when I was taxiing out, um, we were Tiger 3-3 and how do you uh, remember think, this? That's what I was just thinking. I was like, how <laughs> the fuck did you <laughs> remember? Well, because it's, uh, well, it's important to the story. So you're uh, IFS savant. <laughs> send them back to i don't the know coach. it's like today uh, you know we had that other podcast about this but for some reason all the stories came back today or something like that but um anyway when we were going out i remember that you know they would talk about like because i remember we had a briefing about um like the number system and how you talk on the radios with like uh three being tree and like five being fife you know <laughs> or niner you know uh, so I was like, Hey, tiger three, three is, I don't know, whatever it was. Uh, let's leave the, what would you guys do if I knew the, uh, 
if I knew the uh, radio call about how to leave the ramp, like I just spit it out right now. <laughs> uh, but I was like, Tiger Three Threes tried to like, you know, taxi to the Hammerhead or something like that. And they were like, sorry, what, what was that call sign again? And I was like, uh, Tiger Tree Tree. And the the guy didn't understand it again. And I think the IP took it and he's like, it's Tiger Three Three. And he looked over at me. He's like, never say that again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. You know, so that's like one of those things you, again, it's like you got to kind of know or have experience in it to understand what to do or I don't know what's like kosher or not. But just like if you just have the book smarts, it might not work out for you or something like that, you know. That but, could have very easily been one of those things where somebody's like, you're like, yeah, Tiger 3-3. Three, three, and they're like, I can't hear you. Are you saying three or a tree? What's going on? Or like. Through our, I guess what would be three and I don't know what else it could be. C, like, are you saying tiger C3? What? Like, yeah, exactly. tree. Oh, tree, tree, tree. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And I think it was par- partially like he, he was realizing, or he, he was embarrassed that I like messed it up or something like that. So he, he kind of got mad about that too. But yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, uh, looks like we're at the hour. Uh, you guys, anything else? Not for me. No, I think so. Well, uh, I'll do one. Uh, do our plug for the end. Um, if you guys didn't know, we are selling the Lap of Luxury T-shirts. Uh, right now, they're going for one for twenty, two for thirty. Uh, I just shipped Walking out one. I know he ordered, and it got a couple other guys. Um, but anyways, they're pretty comfy shirts. Uh, they got the Lap of Luxury logo with the name on it. Uh, and they're Coyote Brown, so you're able to wear them underneath your uniform. Or you just have it, just, if you like kind of earth tones, you can rock that out. But, uh, yeah, head, you can uh, get those shirts. Just hit us up in our uh, messages, or I guess in Messenger or on the messages in uh, the Facebook, uh, or not the Facebook app, but on the uh, Facebook page, the Lap of Luxury podcast. Uh, and you can get your shirts there and stand by for more, I guess, content. I guess we're pushing out stuff weekly right now. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks walking for the time and, uh, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Well, thanks uh, for having me on board guys. Uh, it's good talking to you. I guess you got to buy shirts to come and be a visitor on the show. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Not necessary, but highly encouraged. We're not gonna be, <laughs> we definitely can't tell you no if you buy a shirt. You know? That's funny because we had Speed on and he bought some too. So I right. guess uh, you got to pay to play. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it appears like. It's not the truth, but <laughs> yeah, I, there's a couple guys I can. It was, so here's a real quick funny story. Uh, so I was doing cast with. Uh, the buffs when we were like in Arkansas or something and we were doing a debrief. Like obviously we're in Arkansas and they're in Minot. And, uh, I wasn't in this debrief cause I was working with a different crew. And, uh, I, we, we finish at like two o'clock in the morning. We're like walking down to like the bar or something. And they're like, Hey, uh, heard you got a podcast. I was like, what? <laughs> and, uh, he was like, yeah, you work with, a basically it was, it was Lobo. I guess Lobo was trying to make jokes, but what was funny is, Lobo was trying to clown on me, but now everybody at the squadron started listening to the podcast, so they're starting to sell shirts there. Hell yeah. But, uh, nice. Lobo and Space are coming down to Pensacola this week. Oh, yeah? What are they doing? Just For the come... eat-up course. Oh, hell yeah. I thought Lobo already went to that. I don't know. Well, I guess not. 
Space, huh? Space. <laughs> going to get in with the beeps and squeaks. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to soak up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. Uh, well, all right then, I guess. Uh, yeah, sweet. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, we'll see you guys. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of any agency of the U.S. government.